0: Holy One, Lord God Almighty, thou hast spoken already this day unto us, and thou still hast things in store to tell us. Grant thou that it be clearly said, dear Father, understood. Use this vessel to thy honor, glory, in spite of its weakness. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I would like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Mark chapter 9. Mark, chapter 9, beginning to read with verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day but they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us. And we forbade him, because he followed not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against me is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a, a cup of water to drink in my name. Because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. And if the hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cast it off, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, Pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost its saltness, wherewith shall ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. I've read to the end of that chapter. This portion, if you had read the whole chapter, would be after the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transfigured before his disciples, and he met with Elias and Moses. And when he came down from the mountain, he met People that had a child with a devil that could not be cured by the disciples. And there is the phrase that said where the father said, after Jesus told him, all things are possible if you can believe. And the father said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Don't we sometimes identify with that too? We feel our faith is too weak. We ask for things and it's too weak. Help thou my unbelief. Yes, we ask, but we should ask in faith. Now James says that the prayer of a righteous man is effective. So to be effective, you have to be a righteous man. You have to walk in the Spirit that encourages us to draw closer to God. If we feel that our prayers are not answered, to draw closer to Him. Help thou I unbelief, draw me unto thee. If God would answer just every prayer as we say it, what would this world be? God knows what's best for us, and sometimes He really tests us to see, do we really want it? do we really ask for it in faith? Do we care that much for it? Is it the right thing to ask? Or do we ask it to consume it upon ourselves? It's all right to bring every of our burden to him. God cares even for the little things that bother us, but he wants us to grow also in faith, in love, and understanding. Now, from thence, he says he went through Galilee in and he ended up in Capernaum. And he didn't want people to know that he was going there. Perhaps he wanted to teach his disciples because it says here, for he taught his disciples and said unto them, the son of man is delivered in the hands of men and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. He wanted to talk with his disciples in a closer union, apart from the multitudes. And he told them plainly what happened, because he had talked with Moses and Elijah on the mountain about these things. He communicated unto the disciples this, but they didn't understand it. Isn't it that usually, we hear what we like to hear. We like to hear and we understand it, and then we remember it. But the things that we don't like to hear, we don't remember them well. And the interesting thing is, he asks them. And when he came to Capernaum and being in the house, he asked them, "What was it that you disputed among yourselves? By the way," and they held their peace. They didn't answer. They were caught or by the way they had talked, who should be the greatest? Here Jesus was telling them of the supreme sacrifice that he was going to give, and they were occupied with different things. Who should be the greatest? And it appears they were ashamed of it because they didn't answer Jesus when he asked them what was that they talked about. They realized it wasn't right. But it seems to be a theme that often recurred with them because it's not the only time that this happened. There are other times, too, where they asked they wanted to be great. John and James wanted to sit at his right hand and left hand in his kingdom to believe that the kingdom was gonna come, and they already picked out the places. But he said, no, no, it's not for you to pick that. It's for my Father to give, and he's gonna give it to whom it's appointed. So we should not fret about the reward. God is gonna do a just reward, and it's not for us to choose. What, he, what he's going to give us. But let's be assured that it's going to be plenty and very rich and glorious. It was a recurring theme with the disciples. Even at the very night of his betrayal, still they were talking about these things. It seems to be a temptation that was with them and brings out really the humanity of the disciples. But we are not exempt of that either of this temptation of want to be great. Yes, we want to be accepted, that's okay, but we want to live more than that, we want. We want to be honored. And we are puffed up if people honor us. That's a temptation. Jesus said, it's not for you to promote you, but he that promotes is God, who's going to give it rightly. For us, it's to be careful that we are not puffed up. It's a temptation that everyone is exposed to, because it's in our human nature to want to be. we right in a garden, too, when they were told that there could be something more. They really like God's. It was not for them to pick that out. There will be a time, yes, when the sons of God will be revealed when the Father gives it the glory. That's the right time. Even the, the good desire of things at the wrong time is sin that they found out soon in the garden. And then he gives them a lesson, he says. And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and sat in the midst of them, and when he attacked him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of these children in my name, receiveth me. Whosoever shall receive me, receiveth me, not me, but him that sent me. So if you want to be great, you're called to service, even service to the little one, even the children. They too can be ministered with a kind word, with Acceptance, receiving them, if you receive a little child, receive Christ, if you accept them. So let's not be so choosy of whom we serve and say, well, this one is worthy of service, this one not. God can use you as in service to somebody that may be deemed not worthy to make you eventually his brother or sister. Let's not be choosy. Even the little ones ought to be not neglected. And John answering, said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us, and we forbid him because he followed not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that lightly can speak evil of me, and he is not against us, it's is on our part. This is also temptation. We don't have to franchise. We don't decide who is the Lord's. There are others in this world too who seek to serve the Lord. It's not for us to judge them. It's not for us to argue with them. Much damage has been done throughout history by so-called Christians fighting each other, arguing with each other, wanting to join each other and take over even by force. That's what it can lead to. It's not for us. There are out there, too, that follow Christ. It's not for us to decide what they should do. To his own mastery, father, or his standard. We have enough to do in, in those that we come in contact with. We have enough to do in this whole wide world to labor for the kingdom than to, to argue about territory with someone. Apostle Paul was very careful too that he didn't didn't go into an area that, where already the gospel has been proclaimed and to build upon an another foundation. No. And as much light has been given unto us, much the word has worked in us, we need to walk by that light. There may be others who not quite like we walk, they need to walk by their light that they have attained. But we must give account for the light that has been given to us to walk by it. It's not for us to judge others. The, the Lord knows His own. Let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart from evil. It's a, it's a dangerous thing to use the name of the Lord and ask his power if you're not right with God. It's a dangerous thing. As in Acts, we recorded for that Kiva. He, he named the name of God, Jesus, Jesus whom Paul preaches uh, to cast out a demon. demon overpowered him, uh, uh, powered the seven sons of that, and they chased away in... in So each one is going to give account to to God by himself. We need to be careful what we do in the name of the Lord. Much damage is being done by claiming the name of the Lord is doing it. It's a serious thing to us to assign the name of the Lord to what we are doing. It's got to be 100%. Let's just the Lord decide and prove by the fruit of it what it is. For he that is not against us is on our part, for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones to believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and were cast in the sea. It speaks of offense, the contrary of doing service to somebody, but causing trouble by offending him and offense is a very serious word. The Bible uses it in a very serious way. It's not just, I don't like this or that. No, offense is when really our faith is affected. The Bible says, it's not the will of the Father to, for anyone that's this little one to perish because somebody offends them, so they can lose even their, soul, their soul's salvation. So it's a very serious thing, that's why he says, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. A very serious thing. Let's be careful that we do not despise even the little ones whom we may consider that so important. The Lord came to serve even the smallest one, and by receiving that smallest one, we receive him. By receiving him, we receive him that sent him, the very God. If the hand of thee, cut it off, is it better for thee to enter the life maimed than having two hands and going to hell into a fire that has never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And he repeats that phrase three times, three times, where the fire is, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. So what is this? Does it ask us to cut off our hand, to pluck our eye out, to cut off our foot? It's a figurative speaking that is something very serious. If by hand offence, if you do something that is not right and can lead you away from the kingdom, cut it off, cut it off. Whatever it be, whatever occupation it be, Be it sports, be it work, excessive work, be anything that you get involved too much, that it gets to be too much, and can be a hindrance to you when you grow weak and start to neglect the assembling, start to neglect the word. can get very serious, better to cut it off. To cut the food off, where do you go, places that you go, do you know it's dangerous beforehand? You should avoid it, lead us not into temptation, you pray and then you go there, cut it off, because it leads you astray and can cost you your soul salvation. Or the eye, what things you watch, what things you see, what things you allow yourself to watch, they too can become a hindrance and a lead away from the, from the truth. And don't think that you can handle it. I have met people that think they could handle things. Oh, it's just a platonic relationship. Yes, it ended up different. Don't underestimate the power of the, the sin that tempts you. You are not, cannot measure up. Only run away some of them. Be careful what you do and allow yourselves. Cut it off. That's a warning.
1: Where the worm
0: died, not in the fire is not quenched. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. This alludes to the Old Testament where every sacrifice had to be salted. There was a requirement. It had to be salted in order to be acceptable. And you too are going to be salted, be tested, in some way that the Lord knows that you can bear if you want him to help you overcome it. Everyone is going to be his faith tested. There is no faith without tests. There is no faith without test. And every sacrifice shall be salted. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its salt, where which shall be seasoned? You have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Jesus said, "Ye are the salt of the earth. If the salt is something that you notice it when it's missing in the food. And right away you go, you don't need much, but you need some. You notice it when it's missing, but you also can have too much. But if there is no difference to be noticed, you being the salt of the air, you cease to be salt. You witness seasons. If you blend so well in into the into the society that the people cannot tell a difference you lost your saltness, you lost your witness. Be careful, rather cut it off, rather leave it. You know what, you, what God expires. We all know how a Christian ought to walk. If you're really honest, you know, we, the disciples too, they knew that they had talked about greatness, want to be great, and they didn't answer Jesus when he asked them, they knew it was right, not right. So we too know, because the Holy Spirit is going to convict us, going to remind us of scriptures that speak about these things. That's why it's so important to be in the scriptures, meditate on every day, every not just on Sunday. Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. You cannot dispense salt unless you have it first, and you gotta dispense it carefully, you don't. Dispense it by the mouthful, that is unacceptable. In, in Ephesians, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Your speech gotta be just seasoned right so it will prompt them to ask more, to want to know more. Don't give them a mouthful of salt that it turns away, makes it unpalatable. That's to dispense salt, seasonally the right way. To, to minister grace unto the hearer that they want to hear more, don't hit them over the head with it. Be gentle, show love, show concern. Then they may be more receptive to it. Yes, we are tempted here and in this world, as long as as we have this body, we're gonna be tempted. But that's the way we need to exercise faith. Otherwise, we wouldn't need faith. And faith is the thing that pleases God. It shows by how we use faith, as it said, to serve one another in love. Service for greatness, not to despise anyone, even the littlest one, not to cause offense, uh, neither to the Church, neither one another, and have peace among ourselves. Then the word can work in our midst, and others will want to also desire to get a taste of that salt, will want to come and, and taste more of it. May the Lord bless His word, to Him be all the honor glory, evermore, amen. Have salt in yourselves. When I struggled in my finding soul salvation. There was one sister out west that was instrumental in asking me about my salvation, which I didn't find offensive. Many others have tried forcefully challenging, but that struck home. It ministered grace unto the hearer. It was evident, I was told that this sister has brought more people to church than anybody else in spite of all their efforts. So let's be careful, have salt in ourselves, and let spe- our speech be seasoned. I remember one occasion when somebody argued with me, didn't believe in God. And I said, Well, if you don't believe in God, I have nothing else to say. I thought that was finished. Afterwards, I heard how upset he was that I had not challenged him. Apparently, just some, if you tell him, well, you haven't got anything more, maybe that's what's gonna prompt him to seek. As long as, as they, they deny that, then don't make any headway, because the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Don't answer a fool, lest you be a fool. Let's be careful. Our, our words have an effect upon people, how we say them, what we say them. And forceful people will not accept that. They will resist it. May the Lord bless His word and add what was lacking to him, by the honor and glory Amen.